0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 20 verses 10 through 29. Here we have uh, the resurrection appearances of Jesus. Uh, After he's been raised from the dead, he appears to uh, his disciples. He appears to Mary Magdalene. And if you remember in the first few verses of this chapter, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. She finds that the tomb is empty. She runs to Peter and John and says, I don't know what they've done with the body of the Lord. They all come back to the tomb. Peter and John basically race back to the tomb. They look and see the evidence that the body's not there, uh, the clo- the clothing or the linens that had wrapped the body of Jesus, were laid aside, they theorize about it, they come to the conclusion, and they believe, but they still don't understand all the scripture had to say about the resurrection. That will come later. But Jesus appears to his followers in a few instances here in this chapter. John probably gives us the most detailed account of the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. You're going to realize some strange things too in this chapter. For example, the doors are closed, but somehow Jesus still comes into the room, but he has a physical body. Jesus is not a ghost. Uh, There was a heresy in the early church called Gnosticism that said Jesus really didn't have a physical resurrected body. And we see in uh, Luke's gospel that he has a physical body. He says, a spirit hath not flesh and bones, Uh, feel and touch. I am physicality. And then we see in this chapter where Thomas actually touches the body of Jesus. So he has physicality to his resurrected body. And we as Christians, I think it's important to, to note this. Orthodox Christian belief. We believe in a bodily resurrection of Jesus. We also believe in a bodily resurrection of the followers of Jesus. I've heard this a lot lately from Christians where they would say things like, well, I don't need an old body. I'm ready to shed this body and and, and go back to to heaven and and just be in the Spirit. And I get what they're saying, but that's not orthodox Christian belief. That would not be in step with the apostles and scripture. The Bible teaches emphatically that there's a day coming when we will receive a resurrected body like Jesus's resurrected body. So we need to be straight about that and not get pulled into that vortex of heresy or false doctrine. It's really important that we understand that there will be a physical resurrection People get turned off by that word physical. I don't know what other word you could use here, but we are going to have a bodily resurrection. Now, I don't have time today to get into the debate of Platonism and why people think the way they do and why they can't think in the thought patterns of Hebrew scripture and the New Testament. Maybe that could be for another podcast, but I just wanted to just throw that out there. at This time as we're thinking of the resurrection, our future resurrection is going to be bodily. For, for us, the followers of Jesus, just as Jesus had a new body, we will have a new body. Well, I want to go back to our reading now. Let's look at John 20. We're going to start in verse 10, and we're going to go all the way to verse 29. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that the things he had said, these things to her. On the evening of that day, on the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, so much in this reading. I probably could divide this into actually two podcasts, but so many things to talk about. But Mary is weeping. Mary Magdalene. uh, She is the same woman that Jesus cast seven demons out of. She is weeping uh, she talks to two angels, and it really doesn't faze her. Uh, if you've been around people that are in deep mourning, a lot of times they, they miss things uh, that other people pick up on, but it's as if she never picks up on there's two angels in this tomb, so she doesn't say much about it. Then Jesus speaks to her, and she doesn't recognize him, maybe in the fog and the haze of of just being upset. She thinks he's a gardener. Now, in my sermon Sunday, I'm going to talk about this idea of the garden and the gardener. So if you'll t- tune in for the sermon, you'll, you'll hear that connection, how that really ties back to the Garden of Eden. It's a really cool connection. She thinks he's the gardener, but I love the part where Jesus calls her by name. He calls her Miriam, the name he called her during his earthly ministry. Maybe is an endearing name uh, when he called her name. Maybe it brought back the memories of how Jesus... Loved her and showed compassion to her. Now, there is this old tradition that in John's gospel, Mary Magdalene was the woman caught in adultery. We don't know that for sure. Uh, That's just an an old belief by some. Uh, It could be possible. I don't know. But we know that Jesus has ministered to her and been compassionate to her. And there's this loving relationship she has for Jesus. And you can see it. Rabboni, teacher, when she realizes who. He is. He calls her woman, too, and that's interesting. Uh, The word woman is used throughout John's gospel, and that makes you think back to Genesis, of course, in Genesis chapter 3, when uh, when God talks to Eve about the woman, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. So there's this woman motif in John's gospel. But it's interesting. She clings to Jesus as if she's going to hold on to him, and she's not going to lose him again. And people get confused by this. They're like, why would Jesus tell her not to hold on, not to cling to him? And why would he say he's going to ascend to his father? Because that's going to happen a little bit later. If you remember, back in John 14 and 16, he told his followers, it's better for him to ascend to the father. It's better for him to return to the father because the Holy Spirit will be sent. So what Jesus is telling her, and what we can would pick up from this is, There's going to be a new mode of existence for Jesus, a new mode of his dwelling with his people. Jesus at this time is in a localized presence, in a body. But one day he'll ascend back to the Father and he'll send his Spirit into the world and the Spirit will be with us everywhere, in every place, and Jesus will have communion with us, the Father and the Son, through the Holy Spirit. So in some sense, Jesus is explaining to her, there's going to be a new mode of existence. Don't hold on to me because it's going to be better through the, the the presence of the Spirit. When I ascend, things are going to be better. So she goes, and now she's the apostle to the apostles. She goes and tells the apostles, hey, I've seen the Lord, and announces to them. Notice that the apostles later are afraid. They've got the doors locked. And I think we can learn something from this, that even in our fear, Jesus will break through the barriers of fear and come to us. So they're fearful, but Jesus still comes to them. Now, how he does it is a mystery. I don't know if he walks through the wall or you know, how that, that would work. And I know people will say, well, you just said he's got a body. How does he walk through, through a wall? Well, people that, that deal in physics realize that's possible. There is such thing as extra dimensionality, And let's just say a resurrected body may have more capabilities than an unresurrected nerve or a body that's, that's in the natural state. Um, I don't know. That's just a theory. But somehow he appears to them. Um, he breathes upon them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. That would make you think back to Genesis chapter 2, 7, where God breathes the breath of life into the nostrils of man. So Jesus is breathing supernatural life into his followers. Now this life that he comes to give, he talks about it in John chapter 7, the Holy Spirit will well up in them like springs of living water. So he's giving them the, giving them the Holy Spirit that Thomas doubts. Uh, Thomas says, look, I want to put my hands in the wounds of Jesus. Now, now here's a deep mystery. Jesus is resurrected, but he still has continuity with his old body, still carries the scars, some of the scars, from the work of redemption. Does Jesus still have those scars today? Some would say yes, uh, that the resurrected, exalted Lord still exhibits those scars of the resurrection, we gaze upon him, we'll see. I mean, in the book of Revelation, there's the lamb who stands as if he was slain. So there would still be this sense that we could look at Jesus and see what he's done for us for all eternity and celebrate that. Others ask the question, well, what would our bodies be like? How old will we be when we're resurrected? Um, You know, what if a child dies uh, and that child is resurrected in the resurrection? How old would they be? And the, the medievals tackled this question. and That's not shocking. The medievals, people like Thomas Aquinas and some of those fellows that thought so much about these things, they answered that question. I thought it was a really good answer they gave, is we would be the age of Jesus. Jesus was 30 years old, so the resurrected body for a believer would be a 30-year-old person in their prime. I don't have a problem with that theory, but that's just one theory that people have. But Thomas, now here's here's what's mind-blowing. Thomas is talking about Jesus and wanting to have verification of Jesus' resurrection by touching the nail scars. And Jesus was not there, but somehow Jesus knows Thomas said that. So Jesus, in some way, hears the thoughts of Thomas. And Thomas's reaction is, my Lord and my God. If we doubt that the Gospels ever say Jesus is God, well, here's another humongous piece of evidence. My Lord and my God, you are my God. And then Jesus issues a blessing for us, and I'm running out of time, so I'm going to close with this verse. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And ladies and gentlemen, that is us. Jesus issues a blessing upon us and says, you know, the folks that have not seen me, you know, in the flesh and still believe in me, they are blessed. And we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And